Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Well, my name is JD. I'm part of the team here at City Life. And if I've met you, I hope I get to. But uh, really excited today to just continue. Uh, we're just going to continue with our series, A Better Way. Can you just say, A Better Way? Helps me know you're awake and with me and stuff too. So there is a better way to do relationships. There is a better way. And uh, man, we've heard some great stuff over the past few weeks. Um, Melissa uh, really planted a good seed uh, a few weeks back talking about um, not just having friendships, but spiritual friendships, that we need spiritual friendships. What's a spiritual friendship? Are you friends with a ghost? No, it's not that. It's, some, it's, uh, it's having friendships with a deeper a deeper core to it, you know, needing that spiritual aspect of it that like helps us grow closer to God and become who we're supposed to be. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Monica made, made a really great statement. Following Jesus is personal, but not individualistic. That's a really good thing to remember that yes, my, my walk with Jesus, our walk with Jesus, it is a personal thing, but it is not an individual thing. We are meant to do life together. Everybody say together together. And then last week, uh, Pastor Mike, oh, such a good message. I highly encourage you to hop in your DeLorean, hit 88 miles per hour, go back one week and listen to that message live. Or you can go on YouTube, but that's not as fun. So, uh, but he, he said, uh, it was so good. And he said, relationships are risky, but loneliness is deadly. Relationships are risky. True? Yeah? Anybody had a friendship or a family thing or whatever kind of fall apart and it's like that was hard things maybe currently messy we just prayed about some of those elements uh, it's risky but loneliness is deadly yeah. and we're not called to do life alone there is a better way for us to be in relationship and to grow and to do life so that's what we're going to talk about today but I want to start a little bit uh, just my story because I think that really plays into it so I've been a part of this church for 25 years now Yes, yeah, since I was zero years old, no, just kidding, uh, since I was 18, <laughs> uh, came fresh out, of, fresh out of high school, been on staff now for 20 years, just loving this church, building it. I was a young punk when I started. Can you show a picture? This is me. Oh, oh I miss that hair. Isn't that legit? I really miss those goggles, too. I wore those everywhere, you guys. That was like my thing, were my goggles, man. Now you know why my wife married me. Uh. Come on, church boy. Unashamed, unapologetic. Oh, I loved Jesus, and I loved getting connected in to church. All right, everyone's eyes are burned. You can take it off. Their retinas are wrecked. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I really found myself here. Church is a key part. You know, I was a very kind of introverted uh, person, really like low self-esteem, just did, did, had not figured out who I was. Even though um, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, I clearly remember uh, five years old, mom, you're making cream of wheat in, in the kitchen. I come up, Can you, who's Jesus? And, you know, she explained it to me. And I, I can still remember that day, just like, yeah, this is for real. I'm in with Jesus. And I was. Um, 
but then I think, I don't know, I would say almost like I let my life go on autopilot, and especially my teen years, I wasn't like a bad kid, a rebel, I just, meh, meh. Yeah, I go to church, read Archie comics in the back row, <laughs> meh. But then when I was 18, uh, man, God got a hold of my life. I was down visiting my dad in the States, and we go into uh, his church's youth group. Uh, he was taking me and my sisters there, and I, like, I was a pretty, like, just kind of a numb person overall, I would say. Like, didn't really have many emotions, didn't show any emotions, couldn't remember the last time I cried. And we're trying, we, we walk to the doors of the church, and I just start crying at the front door. And I was like, what is this fluid coming out of my face? Like... Uh, and, and I remember my dad saying, okay, well, you know what? Girls can go in. Let's you and I, like, clearly something's up. Let's, let's go. We're just going to grab a pop across the street, sit in the park on a park bench, and we're going to talk. And I remember now, like, clearly how the Holy Spirit was just like, poke, it's time. Poke, time to wake up. And it was just like a whole conversation of just like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I don't even know if I care about anything. And it was like God just, like, kick-started my heart. You know, there's the verse in the Bible, it's like, I will take your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And that's what he was doing. I got a heart transplant right then. And it just like shifted something. And so I came back and I was fired up for Jesus because I also, you know, like we, I had that conversation. I come back to the youth group and I don't remember anything they said there or what happened that night, but I do remember afterwards, everyone was hanging out and I was looking around and all these other 18 year olds and I'm like, well, they mean it. Like these people love Jesus. These kids my age, like, are 100% in, this is real, this is a thing, because, you know, the church I was going to at the time, I didn't have many connections, and I didn't feel like anyone else was really, like, the teens at least were really, like, into it, so to me, that was a wake-up call, you can be all in with Jesus, and oh, it's awesome, so I came back, I got plugged in here, and you know, Dennis Porter, was, I mean, I can't tell my story without him, somebody who made room for me in his, in his schedule and just like brought me in and, you know, I began to grow in leadership and it was all organic and just getting involved in youth and different things and grabbing, you, you want to know how our media department started? I, I oversee media. Um, it literally was a crappy little VHS, uh, or like VHS player and a crappy camcorder that I had to plug in and like play, start, record, like, like make videos this way. It was awful. And uh, so it just kind of grew from there. Anyways, I say all that because at some point, so uh, let's see, I'm, I'm heavily involved in church, working at the church, um, and dating my bride-to-be, but uh, dating Joy uh, at the time. And I don't remember really what triggered it or how it kind of built to it, but I really just got to a place where all of a sudden I was just like, am I all in? Like, I just, I really felt, it was like this existential crisis. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to do ministry. I don't know if I want to go to church. I don't even know what I believe about Jesus right now. Like, it all just like, was hitting me. And it was so overwhelming. And so I'm feeling this. And I don't know what to do with all this. And so I'm calling uh, Joy, who is still living in Red Deer at the time. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. I don't know if I want to go to church. I don't know if I can do ministry. And so she, bless her heart, breaks up with me. Uh, <laughs> but I'll give context. She, didn't, she did the right thing. She was just very much like, well, I, the way it kind of happened, she's like, I know that I'm following Jesus, and I need to be with someone who loves Jesus and wants to build his church. So I just... You just clearly need to figure some of this out, and I'm just going to back off for a bit 
until, and give you a chance to process, click. And I'm just like, awesome! Now I'm, now I'm single and heartbroken, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I'm a wreck. And so I'm like, well, I have to do something. So I call Pastor Mike. And I remember this so clearly because I remember the phone call, and I'm just like, um, there's a lot happening in my life right now, and I'm just wondering, do you have time to meet with me this week? And I remember him saying, no. Sweet. <laughs> no. But I will make time. I, I clearly remember you saying that. No, but I will make time. I'm very busy, but yes, I will make time. And so, next day or whatever, we go to Wendy's and I, I word vomit, whatever, I just get it all out and, you know, and, and he really encouraged me through that, uh, you know, even just what you said, it was just along lines of like, you know, I'm like, how do you know, how do you feel, how do whatever, and he's like, you don't know always, and he was like, it was a very, well, it's a very Pastor Mike approach, this is practical and, and but deeply spiritual, but, but this practical, like, well, you don't know, you just choose, and do you feel like this is the right thing, and, and you know, whatever, and even in all your doubt, what do you think, and you know, oh, I'm going to choose it, okay, I'm going to choose it. And I just, something shifted right then and allowed me to step into something new. Okay, I might feel overwhelmed sometimes, but no, this is the direction I know I need to go. And this is what's going to happen. And so I, I stick it out. I, get, I, keep, I keep planted in church. God shifts something in my heart. I get my girlfriend back. Everything starts to come together. It's fantastic. And God just did a good thing. But that phrase has really stuck with me. And I say all of that to kind of land on where I want to spend some time today. Do you, have time to, do you have time to meet with me? No, but I will make time. And I think when it comes to life and the things that matter, we need to make room. We need to make room for what matters, for people, for whatever situation or dynamic. We need to be people who make room because I don't think I would be up here if, if that hadn't happened. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to put all the weight on that, but I feel if, if Pastor Mike had not made room and talked this through with me, I think I just would have continued to spiral, and it, I wouldn't have been able to work it out. But with all that said, I really believe there is a better way to live when we make room together for each other. And so, you know, as I've as I continue to just get involved and grow and, you know, mentored by Dennis and being in small groups and then eventually leading my own small groups and taking what had been uh, stirring and growing in me and pouring that into others, whatever capacity I had. I didn't have it all figured out. I still don't. But little by little, just pouring into the lives of others and spending time and making room in my life to let God move the way he wants, creating spiritual friendships and dynamics and stuff like that, it changed everything. And I've, I've really had, you know, some of, I have my own personal times with God, absolutely. I've had moments laying on the carpet in my house and just like the same song on repeat for like literally hours and just like having those moments with God. But I would say the majority of my like aha moments and powerful moments has happened in the context of relationships. You know, people who have encouraged me, all the skills that I function in, my art, my uh, video stuff, my speaking, what, all of it has been out of encouragement from others to help me recognize skills I had or have challenged me. I can still remember in a small group somebody saying, hey, did you know that uh, you're really bad at taking compliments? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I don't know how to tell you, but I just think you need to know. Like, when somebody says, hey, you did a good job on that, or whatever, you always deflect it really quick, and it makes people not want to compliment you. And you should probably learn to accept compliments. I was like, oh, 
Okay. And so, I mean, you know, just sometimes in the context of relationships, people can encourage you and shift things in you. And it's like, I didn't see that. It's so helpful. People make room. Now, you might be here and you might be thinking, okay, make room. Just even that idea, I don't know, my life is too busy. Can I just say, I don't love that word busy. We really around here is, we, we, we much prefer full to busy. Busy, I believe, implies that you are not in control at all of what's going on in your life. And I don't mean you're in control of every situation, but like, it's just like, oh, I got nothing. I'm just responding to what's happening in my life, as opposed to full, where it's like, you chose. You don't necessarily choose everything that happens to you, but you're choosing. It's like, I chose this job or this extracurricular or this thing that's happening or how I'm filling my day and what's important to me. I'm making, I'm making those decisions. And I think there's something to be said for, for uh, knowing that life is full, but it's, there's an intentionality in it. We all live full lives. And I think sometimes it's because we all want to be seen as important. If we're being like super vulnerable, sitting in the therapist's office, you know, it's like, well, you know, I, I tell people I'm busy because like I just, I got to appear busy. Busy's important. Oh, I'm busy at work. I'm busy, whatever. Like, you know, because deep down, maybe it's because, hey, that just makes me feel important. But in our personal efforts to seem important, I think we often shut out what Jesus says is the most important, and that's making room for people, for his input. Um, for just what he wants to do in life in a bigger, broader way. And sometimes we have all this filler, and we just need to learn to make room. And we've, come on, we feel valued when someone makes room for us, right? I felt valued in that conversation. You felt valued in different times of your life where somebody was like, I'll come over and I'll help you. I'll bring my skid steer and we'll do this. And I'll I'll help you with this certain thing. And we'll work on this project together. Or I'll I'll help clean your house because I know you're overwhelmed. Or whatever it is. When people make room for you, you feel valued. And Jesus was the king of making room. And so the bottom line today is fulfilling relationships take intentionality. And we must make, we must make time and make room, not just find time. And so, you know, I, I just have this random stuff, but it's like our job, our hobbies, our friends, our family time, our social media, sports, chores, schools, all these things are good and we need them. But sometimes I think we just got to learn how do I take all of these different things and learn to balance my life and do what God needs me to do. I can still have, I'm I'm still going to do chores. Don't stop cleaning your house, people. But, you know, whatever you need. But can you take all the things you have and learn to still make room? Can everyone just say make room? Make room. Let's talk about that today. So Jesus comes, has a baby, lives a perfect life, uh, transforms everything, speaks about, establishes the kingdom of God on earth, dies, is, comes back to life, raised from the dead, transforms everything, and then leaves the church that what is being established to us to run through his power, but he, he says, here you go, here's the keys to the kingdom, run with it. And so Peter, one of the early disciples, uh, oh, what a guy, Peter. He, uh, you know, uh, one of the first things that happens after the church is established is he is, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a whole supernatural aspect that happens. And, and in that boldness and confidence, he starts speaking to a group that is gathered. What is going on with all these people? And he's speaking to thousands. And we're going to look right now at what he says. This is in Acts 2, 40 to 47. Peter was pleading and offering many logical reasons to believe. 
Whoever made a place for his message in their hearts received the baptism. In fact, that day alone, about 3,000 people joined the disciples. That's a big church plant right there. So like, oh, 3,000 people, what do we do with this? The community, okay, so what happens out of this? The community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them, gathering for fellowship, breaking bread, and praying. Everyone felt a sense of awe because the apostles were doing many signs and wonders among them. There was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. They shared all their material possessions in trust. They sold any possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. They were unified as they worshipped at the temple day after day. In homes, they broke bread and shared meals with glad and generous hearts. The new disciples praised God, and they enjoyed the goodwill of all the people in the city. Day after day, the Lord added to their number everyone who was experiencing liberation. These are the roots of what you're a part of now. Like on the ground floor, this is what the church looked like when it was established. And it's powerful. And you see people making room. Making room, doing life together with believers. That's a really big part of it. Is First and foremost, the family of God is a priority. We are going to build together. And then we're also going to use that to reach out and impact others. But the early church was modeled after Jesus who constantly made room for people. You see it all the time. He just finishes a message and he's walking to the next place. You know, he's not some rock star who's like, get out of my face, I'm not signing autographs today or anything like that. It's, it's he's walking somewhere and someone cries out, would you help me? And he stops everything and he allows himself to be interrupted and he goes over and he heals a person or encourages them or whatever. Jesus made room. And the early church did too and we are called to do the same. We are called, you know, if you know kind of like, what is, what is city life belief? It comes down to this, and you've heard it lots. Be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. And carry on the mission of Jesus to his world. That is our calling. And as Christ's light to the world, we're meant to be a reflection of Jesus who makes room for others. We make room. And that's going to look different for you. I'm not just talking calendar, like make room in your heart. Make room to see people differently. Make room to get a new perspective on someone when you just assume everyone's like this and they're like this and whatever. I'm going to make room to see and understand people differently. I'm going to make room in whatever that looks like. There's a better way to do relationships. And, and I, I, would, I would assume, maybe you're like me during COVID, uh, when you couldn't have a lot of those key relationships in the way you needed to, um, and we tended to kind of retreat in ourselves, like life at home, and I found this especially true for men, was just like, oh, I'm good. I got my family. I have a message. I don't know why we talk like this, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I got my family. I'm at home. I, I'm, I'm doing work rem- remotely. I'm not, I'm not, I am not even reaching out to anyone in the world. Like, you just, you just saw a lot of people just kind of, like, stick to their bubble, and, and you, didn't, you didn't see a lot of intentional connections. Maybe you did. You're better than me. But, uh, you know, at some point, I just realized, like, ugh, I can't do this. And I was sitting there, if I'm being honest and vulnerable, there were times I was like, I wish someone would call me. I wish somebody would check up on me, ask me how I'm doing. But I kind of had to get over it. It's like, what do I really want? I really want connection. And if someone isn't going to come to me to do it, that doesn't mean I shouldn't get it. I will be the one. I'll just, I'll get over myself. Yes, it would be beautiful. Oh, it would feel so special if you reached out. But I'm just going to be the one to initiate something. And I'm going to reach out to someone. I'm going to establish connection. And, and, you know, I saw really great things come out of that as I pushed myself to do that. And maybe you feel the same way. What do you do? Do you retreat or do you reach out? 
It's the things we need. And here's the thing. It's not just because I wanted to hang out with some buddies or talk with someone or whatever. It's because we are communal, community people that need each other. And not just for the sake of a hangout or a few good laughs, although those are great. I can always hang out with Melissa Blackwood and get some good laughs in, and that's great. But there is something to be said when it's like, I need like, and I don't even want to just say deep, because I also don't want to imply that, oh, a spiritual friendship means you are weeping and hugging the whole time and just sharing your deepest heart. That doesn't have to be it either. We just need something that has real substance. Substance in our intentional relationships. And do you know why? Not just for what just you receive, but because of who you are. If you are a follower of Christ, you are literally like a vessel of Christ's living water that you are meant to take that and then pour that out into others. Well, that was pretty hard to do when you're isolated and you're a vessel filled with this living water and it's just overflowing and you got no output. We are designed to have an output, to pour into the lives of others, our family, our friends, our employees, our co-workers. We are meant to overflow. We need to do something with that. And, and more than just a vessel of living water, you are this. Look at uh, Matthew 5. And you, beloved, Jesus is saying this to you. And you, beloved, are the light of the world. Can you just say, I'm the light of the world? Maybe you're like, yep, I absolutely believe that in my heart. Maybe you're like, that's a weird thing to say. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hilltop cannot be hidden. Similarly, it would be silly to light a lamp and then hide it under a bowl. When someone lights a lamp, she puts it on a table or a desk or a chair, and the light illumines the entire house. You are like that illuminating light. You are that light. Let your light shine everywhere you go that you may illumine creation so men and women everywhere may see your good actions, may see creation at its fullness through me, through just a smile, through a handshake, through the way I treat someone, through my integrity at work. Yeah, they can see the fullness of creation. Uh, so, um, creation at its fullness may see your devotion to me and may turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. So, relationships, there's a better way. And may I just say, it doesn't, what that's not saying is just be more polite and kind. Good Lord, we are Canadians. We got that down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're so polite. That's a good thing. But that is not the be-all, end-all. We need something more. Something that is more than just polite. We need authenticity. The world is looking for authenticity. The world doesn't need just more politeness. The world needs authentic people that care and are making room in our lives to pour out into others, to receive what needs to be received. All of this, that is so important. So how do we change? How do we grow? How do we become like this? Okay. And there, there are many things I could say about that. I have lots of those thoughts. Uh, things that would be very practical, um, really encouraging, lots of tips and suggestions, how to be a better friend, grow in relationship, uh, confidence. And, and to be honest, you could find even better things than anything I could share. You could hop on that podcast or YouTube or watch whatever um, because it's all around us. But I really feel there's something more than just getting information. Information's like the, the new currency of our world. A wealth of, we have a wealth of information. Sometimes we need more than just information. And I think of this, I think of this going back to Acts 3. So, 
They've just, you know, built the church. It's growing. It's thriving. And in the next chapter, Peter and John are out walking somewhere, and they see a beggar at the side of the road expecting money. And uh, Peter comes up, and he's like, hey, look at me. And, the, you know, the beggar's like, all right, here we go. Here's, here's my cash flow for the day. And he says, Peter says this, I want to give you something, but I don't have any silver or gold. Here's what I can offer you. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the anointed one. Now, this is a paralyzed beggar on the side of the road, and he tells him, in the name of Jesus, stand up. Pulls him to his feet, miraculously healed. Okay, this is one of the first big miracles we've seen after Jesus. Jesus was the one doing it all. I mean, the disciples were doing some, but everybody's like, watch Jesus, you know what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, we can do the same things Jesus is doing? And I love what he says there, is, is he's making room. He's like, look, I, I could offer you this or this, but what you just need is an encounter with the living God. Like, you just need that, and I want you to have that. And so today, I am less inclined to just give you some information. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, I think I just want to do things a little different. So we don't even need that. What I do want to do, and I'm going to have the band come out right away, and we're actually just going to take some time. Thank you, Mom. You're so helpful. So cleaning up. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. What a blessing you are. <laughs> Always cleaning up after me still 43 years later. <laughs> um, I want us to just like take a moment for the last few minutes before I wrap up to really just kind of like let God do what he wants to do. Because sometimes there are bigger reasons of why. It's like, I don't know if I can make room. I've been burned by this person, or I, I, I feel too full, and I just I haven't even had time to stop and clarify and try and figure out my schedule in a different way. All our reasons, and they may be great justifications or you know very reasonable things, but there's something to be said when we stop in God's presence and say, God, like, what do you need of me right now? If you're stirring my heart towards something, I need some clarity. And so I actually want to do that. And this is what we're going to do. And, and, and we're just literally going to spend some time. I might just pray over you guys for a few minutes. And uh, we don't normally do it this way. But I just was like, hey, God, like, let's try something different. And it might be a little weird. Not really. But um, we'll close our eyes and just kind of sit in this for a minute. I give you permission if you're new here and you're like, I don't even know what I think about all this. I give you permission to discreetly play on your phone. It's fine. Everyone else's eyes closed. They won't even know. So it's fine. But... I wonder if maybe the God that you don't know is ready to make himself known to you today. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but the Lord God Almighty speaks to his children. And it can look, in, it can look differently in a lot of ways. In fact, let's close our eyes right now. Whatever, we're all doing it, so we can all be weird with this, but it's, I think God's doing some good. Um, there's something to be said for that because I think sometimes hearing God's voice, it's not an audible thing. Sometimes it is uh, a picture that just pops in your mind. You're not sure what to make of that, so you kind of just softly ask why, God, show me what you're doing. Or maybe you're starting to think of a person. I mean, we're talking about relationships. It makes sense that you might think of someone who there's a strained relationship or that you're wanting to build something with, whatever it is. And I just want to take some time. I believe God heals. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God heals hurts. Maybe you're here today and kind of like we've already prayed a little earlier and stuff, there's just like hurts or things that are hard to let go of. And God's just saying it's time. It's time to make room in your heart again. Yeah, 
you might get burned. Yeah, you know, this, this might happen, but there's beauty as well in vulnerability. And, and, and I've got somebody great I want to connect you with, or that relationship needs to go to another level if you would just initiate and take the next step. And I just believe that we're not meant to do life alone. We need each other. I think for some of you, it's making room to just like, almost like, almost like forgive the church. <laughs> oh, the church just has failed me so many times or da-da-da, whether it's this church or the church, whatever. But you know what? No, people, people make mistakes. But God's church is awesome. God's church is full of people who love you and want the best for you. And if you make room in your heart to get over a fence and stuff, I think you'll see people that'll challenge you, but you'll, you'll see it's worth it. They're bringing you into something better. They see, sometimes God uh, wants you to see the best in yourself, but you, it has to come through someone else first. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just pray right now? Is God, would you just, you know, for every single person here, it is a personal walk with you, but it's not individualistic. And so, God, what do you want to tell our hearts right now? Or our minds? For some of us, it's the feelings, and we're feeling the feelings. That's great. For some of us, the, you know, maybe you're more logical, but, but you are thinking about a specific thing right now. Don't pass it off and be like, no, it's distracting me. I'm supposed to be paying attention to what. No, no. Maybe linger in that. Maybe there's a reason that thought won't leave because God's trying to say something through it. The Lord God of heaven and earth wants to communicate with you, and I believe he does it through thought, through feeling, through just all the things that we, the, the most vulnerable parts of us, our brain, our heart, that is where God tangibly just wants to interact with you. So thank you, Jesus, that you are doing that. Thank you that you're speaking to us, being still and we're just gonna actually even for maybe a couple minutes just i'm gonna let the band uh lead us in the in the song be still and let's just do exactly that and then i'm gonna wrap everything up and just allow god to take what we've talked about and not just leave it as thoughts but to actually give us those next steps to bring transformation let's do that and you can still just stay seated that's totally fine and linger in it but yeah And know that the Lord is in control. Be still, my soul. Stand and watch as giants fall. I won't be afraid. You are here. You silence all my fear. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I won't be afraid. You don't let go. Yeah. Be still our heart and know. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I won't be afraid. Come on, church. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. You're leading us through. Faith and grace 
church, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. God is moving in our hearts, he's changing us. You are, your voice is stronger, God, than our own. Thank you for not giving up on us, God. up today to just it all has to start with Jesus like it has to 
You're not going to be the best friend or coworker or anything else without Jesus because everything of fullness of life and truth is found in him. And so as we wrap up, you know, I go back to what Peter said. When he was talking to the, the thousands and thousands of people, you know, he's, he's offering this and he's, he's sharing and then all the people's lives are transformed. It's like, but what did he tell them that transformed 3,000 people that day? I want to end with this. So it's a few verses before. Verse 36, everyone in Israel should now realize with certainty what God has done. God has made Jesus both Lord and anointed king, this same Jesus whom you crucified. And when the people heard this, their hearts were pierced. The gospel stings, the gospel gets in us, the truth of things. And they said to Peter and his fellow apostles, our brothers, what should we do? Here we go. If you're here today and you're just like, man, how do I walk with Jesus? What does this look like? What is that next step? It's this, reconsider your lives, change your direction, participate in the ceremonial washing of baptism in the name of Jesus, God's anointed, the liberating King. Then your sins will be forgiven and the gift of the Holy Spirit will be yours. For the promise of the Spirit is for you, for your children, for all people, even those considered outsiders and outcasts. The Lord our God invites everyone. Can you say everyone? Everyone. Every, God invites everyone to come to him. We make room for others because God made room for us. He made room for you today. And I want to end with this. Would you close your eyes one more time? I want to invite you to just pray with us today. If you've never said yes to Jesus, today's the day to make room. Not just make room, but to literally throw everything at his feet and say, God, you will be my life. And so why don't we just say, Jesus, thank you, that you are willing to make a way for me to walk in relationship with Almighty God. I say yes to you. Thank you for what you've done. I receive forgiveness for my sins, and I claim a new life found in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.